Friday, one beer Friday, Super Bowl preview commences with the guy that we have talked to for much of this season. We talked to him a couple of times in the regular season, start of the playoffs, and now ahead of Super Bowl 58, we are happy to welcome back on from FTN Fantasy, the man, the myth, the Aaron Schatz of DVOA fame. Aaron, thanks for joining us from Las Vegas. Hey, yeah, I'm here at a weird Super Bowl where you have to get through a maze of slot machines to get through uh, get anywhere, which is very weird. <laughs> Did you ever anticipate that you would ever go to a Super Bowl where there was a slot machine within 200 miles? Yeah, like, first of all, you know, once upon a time, I never thought I would go to a Super Bowl. Now that I've been to five, I don't think I ever expected one to be in Las Vegas. It was only 20 years ago that the NFL turned down an advertisement from the Las Vegas Board of Tourism that was supposed to air during the Super Bowl. And now here we are in Las Vegas with NFL-approved Super Bowl slot machines. Yeah, and Aaron, I heard uh, Jim Nance make reference to this earlier this week as well, that remember there was that whole thing with Tony Romo and like yep. fantasy, or and he got in trouble for that, and now him and Nance are on the call from Las Vegas. Yeah, it's. I mean, things have changed. There's a team here. We're here. I mean, listen, it's a good place to do it, right? Obviously, there's tons of hotels. There's tons of stuff for people to do. Uh, 49ers and Chiefs fans have started to arrive, so you see them in the casinos wearing their 49ers and Chiefs gear. I mean, it's a good place to do it. The weather could have been better. It's surprisingly cool for the desert. But, uh, yeah, it's a good place to do it. Well, Aaron, let's get into your preview for Super Bowl 58. You know, every game that he plays in is a referendum game, it feels like, for Brock Purdy. And there's a lot of agendas that play a role into that. Your numbers, however, have no agendas. So what do they say about Purdy and how he matches up with a Chiefs defense that's done probably more heavy lifting than any other defense in the Mahomes-Reed era? Yeah, I mean, listen, the numbers for Purdy – if you don't do anything to try to filter out the value of his teammates, come out best in the league. San Francisco had the best passing game in the league. They were the ninth best offense in the history of DVOA going back 43 years. Obviously, Purdy's stats are amazing. Now, people who do stats that do attempt to filter out the effective teammates get Purdy closer to between like the fourth and tenth best quarterback in the league which I think is a good, that's a good estimate of about where he is. But in this scheme and with these teammates, he's the best. And in particular, against the Blitz. He was the best quarterback in the league against the Blitz this year, which we know Steve Spagnuolo likes to Blitz. So he can he come up with some Blitz ideas that will get to Purdy where you didn't get to Purdy during the regular season. Aaron, in your preview for this game, you talked about the 49ers offense when they're running the football versus that Chiefs defense. This would seem to be the biggest mismatch in any faction of the game, and especially the first and second down numbers. Do you think that that's how the Super Bowl like story is told, at least on that side of the ball, the success or lack thereof that the 49ers are able to have running the ball on early downs? God, I would think so, certainly, because, yeah, the 49ers are first in DVOA running on first down and second on second down and the Chiefs defense is 26th and 25th respectively and in particular the 49ers are outstanding at zone running especially outside zone to the left side behind Trent Williams and the Chiefs are worst against runs to the left side so everything sets up for a ton of McCaffrey runs 
in particular zone runs to the left side. And I don't know what made the Ravens forget to run the ball, but if the 40, 49ers are smart, they will not forget to run the ball. Aaron Schatz, FTN Fantasy, joining us. You, you talked in your preview, which you can find, by the way, on FTNFantasy.com, about the personnel groupings that the 49ers may use in the run game. You would think using those receivers to spread the field and making the Chiefs play a light box would be to their advantage. But you think maybe a heavier personnel grouping could be in play here. Talk me through that. Well, they have the most yardage per play out of 22 personnel, which is when they have two tight ends and the fullback on the field. And in particular, you don't want to let the Chiefs play dime because the Chiefs were outstanding in dime this year when they had six defensive backs on the field. They were fabulous. And therefore, you, you want to keep them you want to keep them out of that. Only four yards per play allowed when they were in the dime defense. So you want to keep them in base and nickel as much as possible, in particular in, in base. Listen, I know, you know, Nick Bolton, Steve Spagnuolo said the other night at the media night that Nick Bolton is the man who makes the entire Chiefs defense work, and Willie Gay is good and is supposed to be healthy for this game. But then you get down to, like, Tranquil and Leo Chennault, and you just you would rather have the linebackers on the field and run against them, I think, than have to try to pass against the really good cornerbacks that the Chiefs have. Aaron, one of the things that jumped out to me in your preview, you, you talked about the the San Francisco defense um, in terms of lowest yak yards allowed to tight ends, but then you also looked at it from the Chiefs' perspective in terms of that same statistic, but versus running backs. It seems like another one of those stories that this game could tell, and that's McCaffrey and his ability to get those yards after the catch. It's been such a big part of the offense, but this Chiefs defense has done such a good job at facing that this year. Yeah, I think the Chiefs defense were sixth lowest in Yak allowed two running backs, and I do think you're going to see McCaffrey do more as a runner then you are going to see McCaffrey as a receiver. Although I will point out that the Chiefs and the 49ers, sorry, the 49ers first, then the Chiefs, were the top two teams in yards after the catch on offense this year. San Francisco leads the league in yards after the catch like every freaking year. <laughs> Aaron Schatz joining us with FTN Fantasy. We know how well Legereus Sneed has played this season, but as your numbers have shown, the drop-off is pretty steep going from Kansas City versus wide receiver one down to wide receiver two. So the question becomes, who does Spags most deploy Snead against uh, that really wide group of, of, of wide receivers, and how do they mitigate the damage elsewhere? That's a great question, Now I do not know the answer. I will say, you know, they're going to hang me around here for this, but I do think that first-team all-pro Trent McDuffie is overrated as a slot cornerback. I think part of the reason why he was named first team all pro is because of how good he is when blitzing, which is going to be an issue in this game. But in coverage, in my stats, he comes out as only average. And in fact, the Chiefs are only 16th against slot receivers. Now, my guess is you're going to see more of Ayuk on the outside and Samuel in the slot. So you'll probably end up with Snead against Ayuk more and McDuffie against, um, McDuffie uh, against Samuel with uh, either uh, Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams against Juwan Jennings when the, when the 49ers do have three wide receivers on the field. But I agree with you. Like, Snead has been excellent shutting down number one this year. But who is the San Francisco number one? 
Aaron, other side of the ball, I want to start specifically by looking at the San Francisco defense because, as you wrote, that they have been very mediocre in the past few games. I wonder how much you think this is still, you know, the Hafunga injury and how that's affected this that side of the ball. And, like, what can change? Because on paper, just so many good players, and yet you watch these games, and, I mean, the, the Lions were running right through them at times in the NFC Championship. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's the being pushed around on the running game in the last two weeks. I think that's a real surprise. The thing is, when uh, Hafunga got injured, they didn't decline immediately. Like, yeah. it took three or four weeks after that before they went into this period, and they haven't been bad. Once you adjust for the teams they've played, they haven't been bad. They've just been very average. It's very mediocre for the last five games. Not really that bad. But, I, you know, part of it is uh, Chase Young is not great against the run, and Chase Young is really disappointed, I think, since he came to San Francisco, here's an interesting stat. San Francisco's pressure rate was 36% before Chase Young arrived and has only been 27.5% since then, which is a bit of a surprise that the pressure rate has gone down with Chase Young there. We're talking with Aaron Schatz, FTN Fantasy. It's our DVOA analytics preview of Super Bowl 58 Chiefs and 49ers. You'll be able to hear that game Sunday right here on 1620 The Zone. As you pointed out, the Chiefs' run game has been adequate. It hasn't been spectacular in the postseason. Pacheco certainly has had his moments. But it, 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 from memory, I remember one really good scramble against Buffalo two games ago by Patrick Mahomes. Have it, I don't recall too many against Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. Is Mahomes and his legs an area where you think Kansas City can extend the running game and make up for maybe the difference that they're going to face in that department. Yeah, that gets to a technical thing about the way I do my stats where we count scrambles as passes for the team stats. So when I do the running game, I'm not including his scrambles. So you're right that the scrambles definitely extend the running game. There's no question that Mahomes does run more when he gets pressured in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. So the 49ers absolutely have to watch out for that. If they're going to play any man coverage, they're really going to open things up for Mahomes to use his legs, and they don't want to do that. It seems like Patrick Mahomes' top speed is always exactly one mile an hour faster than whoever happens to be chasing him at the time. So he's very good with scrambles. Speaking of Mahomes, Aaron, um, you know, there's been a lot written about and said about him not having any interceptions in this postseason. What I think is even more impressive, though, is what you wrote about, and that was the interception-worthy throws. He had 21 of them during the regular season, zero of them so far in three games that they have played in the postseason, and obviously two of those were on the road. I mean, what 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 can, what does that mean? Because I'm just trying to figure out if that's going to continue to happen on Sunday afternoon. That's the hardest question in this game, man. The hardest question in this game is just how much do the playoffs mean compared to the regular season? Just how much sample size do you want to look at? Because Kansas City has been much better, especially on offense, in the playoffs. San Francisco has not been as good in the playoffs, especially on defense. So it's like, how much do you want to trust that versus the entire season? And history tells us that it's better to trust the entire season than it is to trust just the playoffs. Because even if you only want to look back at two or three months, the fact is Kansas City was not good in the last couple months of the regular season. It's only in the playoffs that they've turned it on. Well, kind of one other thing that goes right to that point, Aaron, is 
the fact that Mahomes has been really good throwing the ball down the middle of the field, much better right in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. And that is, of course, where San Francisco seems to be strongest in the passing game. Does Mahomes still need to continue to try to for, not force the ball, but throw the ball in the middle of the field, knowing that that may be where San Francisco can get him the best? Yeah, I mean, I think you want to, you know, not necessarily pass as much to the middle, but a good amount. I think you stretch those linebackers more if you send Travis Kelsey on like a corner route. Like, let's send Travis Kelsey to the outside. They played, uh, replayed last year's Super Bowl last night on the NFL uh, Network. It was uh, a couple nights ago, and they and they showed him beating a linebacker on a corner route. And I think that that might be the way to go to beat Greenlaw and Warner. Warner is better in coverage. But Greenlaw actually covers tight ends more often than Warner does. Aaron, I've been very guilty this this postseason of saying that this is the worst Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs team that we have seen, uh, yet they are here again. Do the, do the numbers back that up? Obviously, the defense is much improved versus one that we have seen. The offense is not as good, especially as the Death Star that we saw earlier in his career. Is this the worst team of the Mahomes era so far? Yes, this is the worst teams of the Mahomes era. The defense is, is better than the last couple of years, but 2019 had a pretty good defense too and a much better offense. So, I mean, the thing is, they're still a really well-rounded team, right? They were eighth yeah. on offense, seventh on defense, and sixth on special teams. So they still do pretty much everything well except defend the run, which is just a huge weakness. Aaron, one final thing from me. It's the third phase of the game. It's special teams. And you acknowledge in your preview Kansas City has an advantage here. Is it enough of an advantage to overcome a two-and-a-half-point spread? That I mean, is it worth at least three points in this game, Kansas City special teams advantage? No, I don't think in general. But the problem with the special teams is that it comes down to some very specific situations i think it's really unlikely that you see really long returns from either team in this game but a lot of it comes down to if we are tied in the fourth quarter who do you trust and there's no question you trust harrison butker to kick not just to get the field goal but to kick a longer field goal than you would trust jake moody for the san francisco 49ers and that is going to change the way the teams call the game if we are tied near the end of the fourth quarter and so you're going with the 49ers right aaron I do lean a little bit to the 49ers, but, I mean, I feel like it's very close. If the Chiefs win, it's not going to be like, oh, wow, what an upset. It's going to be a, a teeny tiny upset. But if you put a gun to my head and made me pick a team to win this game with the spread, I think I would pick San Francisco minus two, like, very slightly. Aaron Schatz, if you want a complete, and I do mean a complete, DVOA look at the game, go to ftnfantasy.com. It's a great write-up. A lot of numbers. There's math involved, but he does most of it for you. Don't worry about it. Aaron, speaking of math, make sure that you, uh, you know, what is, what, what's, the, what's the line? You, you hold on 17, you hit on 16 or something like that. Be careful at the tables. Yes. I'm still trying to figure out where the poker rooms are. That's my game. I'm more of a poker guy than I am a slot machine or blackjack guy because I like a little bit of skill involved. There we go. <laughs> Certainly. Well, Aaron, we appreciate it. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your time in Vegas. And we really appreciate you joining us this season to go over the NFL. Thank you so much. And I'll catch up to you guys soon again. Thank right. you, Aaron. Aaron Schatz, FTNFantasy.com. All right, so we got a little bit of that preview. We'll probably be quoting some of these numbers a little bit later on 
in the Grum. Don't forget, in the happy hour today as part of One Beer Friday, brought to you by the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild. We're going to go point counterpoint. Josh is taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the 49ers. So there's no surprise. Sorry, I'm taking the Chiefs. He's taking the 49ers. I don't. I'm lost. They're both red teams. Uh, But yes, I'm taking Kansas City. Josh is taking San Francisco. And we're going to go point counterpoint. We're going to bring up points as to why we think the game is going to go in our team's favor. Make our point. And then Josh is going to, or I, am going to counterpoint Mm. said point. And we'll see who you all think made the better decision. Of course, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're already on my side. If you're not a Chiefs fan or a 49ers fan, you're already on Josh's side. But I I really look forward to this. It's a different way that we can look at today's or tomorrow, Sunday, whatever day this game's being. John, we're not recording on Sunday. We're not not doing this show uh, on a Saturday. It's a Friday. It's a one beer Friday. Have you already been partaking in the one beer Friday? Yep, I am. I am. Yeah, we we brought some uh, brought some delicious Nebraska beer out here to Cincinnati. Yum. All right. Speaking of Cincinnati, we're back in Cincinnati with more. It's unsportsmanlike conduct on sixteen twenty. The zone.